0: to the Unbelievable Podcast. I am B.J. Rydell, back here with my guy, Drew Maholt, and today we are continuing our off-season discussion for your Minnesota Vikings. Uh, We had a couple major headlines since we last spoke with you. Of course, the assistant general manager to Rick Spielman, George Payton, is now officially gone, taking a six-year deal to become the general manager of the Denver Broncos. So, we'll spend some time with the fallout of that, kind of what that means for the team, as well as, you know, the hole that's going to be filled with what the, what, the, what new uh brand that someone can bring in for the vikings um and we'll finish up here with some more postseason stuff i know drew wants to spend some time talking about stefan Diggs today uh there's of course been a whirlwind of news and information swirling with Diggs, and that's led to you know People having some things to say. So we're going to talk about that as well. Um, And then we'll finish up with our picks as we usually would. So that's the game plan for today's show. Uh, Let's jump right into it here with that George Payton situation. Uh, This is, you know, this is big news. It doesn't necessarily sound, um, you know, like it's it's going to be you know, hugely detrimental to the Vikings, given that this is an assistant position. Um, But this is a guy that's been with the organization for 13 years. He's had a lot of input throughout the years um, in major, major draft drafting decisions, scouting decisions, um, free agency decisions. And he's the right hand man to, you know, Rick Spielman, who's been highly successful in his role, um, at least in my opinion, um, throughout his tenure in Minnesota. So this is big. Uh, What do you what do you make of this?
1: Yeah, so I've never, I haven't really put together how I feel about this, and I think it's just because there's, there's not really, uh, we don't really know what his role actually was. Like, how, like what did he actually contribute to, um, the the front office and the decision making? I'm not, you know, this is. I not trying to like knock him or or anything like that I just we don't know like the shoulder of responsibilities that he garnered versus Spielman you know maybe he was making some decisions maybe he was completely advising Spielman on everything and Spielman made I mean we don't know the extent to the power I guess that Pat Peyton carried up in the front office there but um, what I'm noticing is just a the it's just the way he's being referred to by like the insiders of the world, like the Pelliceros and the Rappaports and the Schefters, right. and and you know, all these guys that have you know the inside info on in the league and you know are, are communicating with uh, you know, team officials, league officials, um, executives all across the league all the time. And all of them are speaking highly of this guy, um, of Peyton and, you know, he's been offered GM jobs before and taken them down or turned them down. And he's waiting for, had been waiting for that right opportunity. Um, so it sounds like he's got it in Denver, at least for his fit, which is, I mean, great for the guy. And he's definitely earned this because, you know, it sounds like, you know, he has played quite a bit of a role in building this Vikings roster the past, well, in the 2010s, I guess, uh, bunch of good draft picks built the roster was great up until this year. Um, and then just, you know, the cap casualties happened, but so the, the eye for talent seems to be there. Um, and I think, you know, we'll kind of get to see now Spielman here. We'll, we'll really see next couple of years here. Um, you know, how much of this maybe was Pat uh, Peyton, or maybe Spielman was kind of the the master genius behind all this, the whole, all along um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, otherwise, I don't, I mean, there's a lot of speculation going on here and we don't really know the impact of this and we probably won't for a while
0: right uh we could play both sides of this pretty easily right um the obvious you know detriment to the team is that you take a mind out that's been highly successful right 13 years in this organization he's been here for a long time He's survived a ton of different turnover whether that was you know head coaching turnover etc etc um, he's been here for the better part of my vikings fandom which is crazy to think of and it, to make it even crazier is that it's it's not that he wasn't had the didn't have the ability to be a GM before. Like you said, he's turned down multiple opportunities. I think he's been interviewing for jobs for at least five years now. Mm-hmm. So this is you know, this is something the Vikings had to have been expecting at some point. They knew that he was gonna be a general manager. They had to have some sort of contingency plan for that. And I expect that they do. So, you know, while you're losing this guy and he's you know, he's an important he's been an important piece, you do have an opportunity here as well. Um, you know, it becomes a bit of an echo chamber after 10 years too, right? When you've got Spielman saying one thing, Peyton's essentially grown his career underneath Spielman, so it becomes kind of Spielman talking to Spielman to some degree, right? I'm sure they have disagreements, and I'm sure that there is, you know, innovation between both of them, but they speak the same language, right? They've been working together for so long that you have to wonder, like, okay, can the Vikings maybe benefit here from bringing in someone new, putting someone at least in a position of power? Maybe underneath the guy that's hired as the assistant to general manager, you know, we might see, for example, Jamal Stevenson be elevated or some, you know, Rob Brzezinski, of course, as well, whether, you know, he wants a new title or not, I don't know. But, you know, there's an opportunity here to bring someone else in that's the entirely different philosophy or something that you know may add to what you already have in place maybe someone knows offensive linemen better or potentially quarterbacks you know this is an opportunity here too um despite the fact that you are losing a guy with you know very high pedigree by just about every account it's not just the insiders you say say. it's it's literally anyone that if you if you bring up george payton it's positive after Mm -hmm. it sounds a lot like kevin stefanski honestly during you know last year's head coaching hiring cycle so it's an interesting situation, but there is a, you know, there is a way for the Vikings to turn this into a good thing.
1: Right. Uh, I do find it somewhat um, ironic that, you know, maybe one of the concerns for the Vikings uh, over the years uh, in finding talent has been at the quarterback position. And then he goes to Denver where uh, that has been a glaring problem for Denver for uh, a long time. But, uh, it's yeah, I mean we're not gonna know exactly the extent of how much this impacts the Vikings until you know two, three years from now and we'll see where the Broncos roster is at and then we'll see where the Vikings roster is at and we can kind of jump to jump two conclusions at some degree. but uh, I mean, yeah, it I don't I mean, you know when I, I, we'll talk about this you know sooner it's actually it's I kind of you know it for his sake, right? like it's hey, he's been interviewing for jobs for so long for Peyton has. And, you know, kudos to him, I guess, for finding the, the opportunity that worked for him and waiting and patiently waiting for the right opportunity to become that, that GM, the, the head guy. Um, so, I mean, and I will never bash and we'll, get, we'll talk more about this later in the show. But we'll never bash a guy for seeking out a better opportunity for himself.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I, I do have one question, though. Um, is this a better opportunity? Right. Uh I, I you look at the Broncos oh, okay. situation right now. Yeah
1: yeah, I mean I don't know. I'm not I don't know the finances, but obviously financially probably a better opportunity and having control of the roster or more control probably a better opportunity in that way, but looking at the Broncos and against the Vikings and the where each franchise is, it yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot to be said about where the Vikings are in that there's there's not a lot of positives moving forward right. here. You get some of your star players back healthy, but there's a lot of question marks with this Vikings team. Same can be said about the Broncos. Uh, so I, I don't know to your, to your point about where the franchises are. I think it's, I think they're both mid to lower tier in the league in terms of like, where do you, where do you want to work? Like Where do you want to work for right now?
0: Right. That's kind of what I, so I was just going to say to add on to your point there that I think a big piece of this is the contract length, right? It's a six year deal. Yeah. There's an expectation here that he's going to be, around for some he's been time. given
1: a chance to you know it, 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 he's given a long leash so. Yeah, so it
0: doesn't really matter where you it, i mean it matters where you start of course because day one's you know going to be exponentially more difficult depending on where you're starting but by the time you get to you know day 2000 um hopefully you've put, had enough of an impact on the roster that where you started in day one doesn't matter as much anymore now yeah, you're you're right. He has a longer leash. He has the opportunity to do some real, you know, good things here, make some necessary changes. Um, There's going to be turnover this off season. They've got question marks with Von Miller right now. If you haven't been paying attention to the news. Um, So, and then you've got drew Locke, of course, who has shown at different points that he has franchise caliber talent. And at other points, he looks like he should, you know, not be in the league at all. So uh, there's questions there and very important questions, but you're right. He's got six years to do it. Um, We're not going to have an answer to was, you know, was would the right move have been to elevate him into Spielman's role? We won't know the answer to that yeah. probably ever, to be honest with you, but we won't have a like a good way to actually argue that point for several years, probably five mm-hmm. years. So um, as far as immediate impact, you know this is really you know unless he starts taking guys too. I don't think this move really influences That's the true. Vikings in You guys in never really consider that
1: part where, you know, if he starts. If he pulls starts...
0: Stevenson, Stevenson is one name that right. I've seen thrown around by, you know, whether it's, you know, our friends in at the, in CTP or, you know, Darren Wolfson or anyone else in, you know, in that general kind of area. Um, Steven can, Stevenson gets thrown around. I mean, of course, Brzezinski's name is going to come up. I don't think Brzezinski's going anywhere, but just, you know, that name has came up as well. There's some good staff members in that Vikings front, front office that are, you know, now poachable because Peyton's been working with him for 13 years too so
1: I mean if he can offer more money
0: exactly so um that's something to think about here but as you know as it stands today I think the 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 move in itself um is not super it's not hypercritical it's not going to change the direction of this franchise by any means um but it is something to take note of and if more faces start to leave uh you know it's something to think about. Um, and I have to say it because, you know, I kind of brought it up before is that you just left, let Kevin Stefanski go. Um, I know there's a lot of people who are pissed about the fact that the Vikings didn't elevate him into Mike Mm -hmm. Zimmer's role and allow him to walk out the door, get the Browns, their first playoff win nearly win against the chiefs. Of course, you know, there's the very obvious stipulation of Mahomes being out, but, um, incredible season for Stefanski. You let him walk. Is this going to be the same thing all over again, but just at the general management level? Uh, again, we don't know the answer to that. I'm just throwing ideas out there to, you know, just to, you know, honestly, just to cause controversy because
1: there's, there's no, I mean, I like it. Yeah. That's what the off season's for.
0: I want to stir the pot. Yeah. It's the, we're here to talk about stuff and, um, this is, you know, that's something that could happen here. And, um, I'm I'm definitely going to be paying attention to it, you know, when I get to be about what 35 years old. See, like, okay, did the Vikings make the wrong decision? We'll see. So, um, but as far as you know, what's going on in the NFL now? Of course, the Vikings are out of the postseason, so we've been focusing on this podcast more on players that were previously on the Vikings um, and have been performing in the in the postseason. Um, That has continued into the divisional round. Um, with the NFC Championship and AFC Championship on deck next week. Uh, but the NFC, you know, this round of the playoffs, the divisional round, uh, not nearly as fun, I would say, as the wild card round. I don't think we got nearly as competitive of, you know, football games. Um, but we got the Bills continuing to you know move forward, and we got yet another sample of Stephon Diggs being you know Stefan Diggs, the mm-hmm. guy that we knew he was, uh, yeah. given the you know a, a very ample opportunity to be the guy in a very potent offense that loves to throw the football, you know to to some extent maybe too much. Um, and he's thriving. He's absolutely thriving, which is, of course, spurned the discussion about, well, should the Vikings have gotten rid of him? Uh, did the Vikings make a mistake? And just the general person like me that says, you know, I miss Stephon Diggs, but yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, and I understand that you have, you know, a strong stance. Well, so
1: here's what – like, I mean, he, it happens every time Diggs goes offered. Uh, national television plays a, a big game. Um, and I think it's warranted because – so – Okay. Before I even starting, one of the guys, I think was it last week or two weeks ago, we were talking about, you know, former Vikings in the playoffs and right. uh, hoping to do well. Leslie Frazier is another that um, a, a masterful work against the Ravens offense mm-hmm. um, against, uh, you know, a, a really difficult rushing attack to contain. He did that really well. So props to Leslie Frazier. And if he gets another head coaching job, that's he probably deserves it at this point. Um, but okay. for So this digs thing, right? So it comes up every time because he's getting all these targets now with Josh Allen. He's in the conference championship game now. Um and he is, you know, it appears to be the missing piece to this offense over the last, you know, last year, a you know, probably a subpar passing offense. Um quickly, quickly changed that. And now I believe they're top five in basically any metric you look at. The Bills are uh up there with the best, you know, in terms of Rogers and the Packers, Mahomes and the Chiefs. I mean, you got you got the bills and Josh Allen right there. So there's something to be said about the point Diggs was trying to make all along. And which was you know, seemingly, and I think, you know, there was, I think I don't know if you saw that feature article from a Ty Dunn come out last week where he kind of dove into and had some sources in the Vikings uh, organization and had some sources in the bills organization and whatnot, who kind of had their own uh, uh, perspective on things, but basically Diggs wanted a passing offense um, and saw that the Vikings were going in the direction of extending Dalvin cook. Um, they kept Zimmer around on an extension. They extended Spielman. And, um, and so, and he noticed that that philosophy for him and, you know, his career is not the best. And he was hundred percent right. Uh, and he gambled on being a trade. Now he could have been traded to anywhere. I mean, he could have been traded to a team that like uh I mean, I'm trying to off the top of my head. A team that just runs the ball and only runs the ball. Baltimore. Baltimore It could have been like maybe the Giants. You know, a team with poor quarterback play as it is. Um, something like that ended up going to Buffalo, which you know at first we were all like, like Buffalo. Josh Allen can't hit the side also, of the barn.
0: Buffalo. You know, like the but location also location Buffalo, Buffalo, the location right. of Buffalo.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and that franchise isn't a large market, uh, but it, it the gamble has paid off, and so. I think we need to acknowledge that Stefan Diggs was right because a look at the production. I mean, we, I think me and you all along kind of said this guy's a top 10 receiver, at least in terms of route running, he's probably better than that. Right. And he's finally getting a chance to show it, but also in terms of the legacy for Stefan Diggs, like I'm not a big fan of, the quantitative numbers, receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns, like those things can be manipulated and they, I don't think they tell us true story, but over an an entire career, looking at a player's legacy, receptions, yards, touchdowns, pro bowls, all pros, those things matter. That's what gets you into the hall of fame. And, you know, we wouldn't have been talking about Stefan Diggs and hall of fame in the same sentence, if you know, he had made, had stayed in Minnesota. We wouldn't be even mentioning it at this point. Now he is on that trajectory. I mean, the Bills are a contender. They look to be a contender for the long haul. And I would say Stephon Diggs is a big reason for that. And so, I mean, he had, the move is right. And so I think when you talk about this again, because Justin Jefferson, Vikings lucked out on getting him, absolute stud, kind of appears to be on that same trajectory in terms of turning into a superstar like Diggs. But if he comes to the realization that, I'm going to have a better opportunity somewhere else. I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame it all for trying to leave. And so that's what I think needs to be pointed out here. Um, And now there's a few years yet before Jefferson gets there and he's got the rookie contract and everything get that. But um, there's going to be a point there where Jefferson has to make that decision. Can I stay here and still get the best out of my career? Can I maximize my potential in Minnesota or is it better to go somewhere else? And you know, if he looks at what Diggs is doing, after leaving Minnesota, and you know, he sees maybe it's better if I go somewhere else. I mean, I'm not going to blame the guy if it's still if Zimmer's still here and this whole run heavy, run first type of philosophy is still in place.
0: It's you know, it's an interesting situation for sure because ultimately what it comes down to is the two guys that are going to be evaluated here forever are going to be Diggs and Jefferson, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to say the Vikings lost anything really right
1: and i don't i mean i don't think they really did i mean i don't think they did either that's that's not i mean i'm not trying to discuss the results it's more about the process to me like they've lucked out here with jefferson and he's a stud and he's honestly on a better trajectory than Diggs right now but the process was a bad one and they lucked out on the result and so the process is what could harm them again in the future here
0: it's not just the process. Like, they, like that's that's definitely a huge piece of it here. I'm with you. That, you know, to say that the Vikings ill if that's a word.
1: I don't think uh, that's a word. It might be. It might be. I don't, be I
0: don't know. traded um, <laughs> Stefan Diggs. I think all of us would agree that that's the case. Were they kind of leveraged into that situation by Diggs and his camp? Definitely. Did they have to pull the trigger? No, because – you know, there's a lot of reasons to keep him, regardless of the situation at hand. Um, the maybe the most important being his, you know, his very team-friendly contract. But the point is, is that you know what the Vikings did is they got rid of a guy who might be the most popular guy in Minnesota at the time when he was in Minnesota and still is extremely popular here. So these these discussions are going to continue to happen. It doesn't matter how good Justin Jefferson ever becomes. Jefferson could have a Larry Fitzgerald career in Minnesota, and there would still be some people talking about, you know, well, I don't know. What if we hadn't traded Diggs? And it's because of seasons like this. And it, and it's because of his personality too. Like Jefferson's great. Don't get me wrong. I love Justin Jefferson as much as anyone. I think he's going to connect with the next generation super well. Um, he's already all over headlines and, you know, dancing. He's got a brand. Um, he's extremely likable too. He's got a lot of the same traits as Diggs, but he's not Stefan Diggs. He's mm-hmm. not the guy who caught the miracle. You know, he's not the guy that has this Extremely exotic, unique personality. I mean, he's. You guys remember watching the, you know, the um, with with Brian Robinson when they do, you know, seventy six questions or whatever. Ninety six questions. My bad. Um, it's always Diggs getting thrown under the bus, and it's because he's like, he he's a character, and you can't replace that. Any like it's just you can't ever do it. it. Doesn't matter how good Jefferson Jefferson is. You have to evaluate him as different people and just different like it's just different individuals for your team entirely. And I think most of us are doing that. But the fact of the matter is, is that he's gone and it still sucks. We're still mad about it. Like he could have had fifteen hundred yards in Minnesota, and we know he could have because I think Kirk Cousins has the ability to do that given a certain direction, given yeah. a certain style. Given of offensive the play. opportunity
1: to pass the ball.
0: I think that they could have done the same the same thing. You know, so Mm -hmm. there's always going to be that question. There's always going to be that. What if, and you know, I encourage people to be mad about that because do what you want. Who cares? But like, at the same time, like, you know, the Vikings did get it pretty good. So you can be, you know, you can take it that way and just live with it, I suppose. But I'm mad about it. I miss Stefan Diggs every, I get texts from like two or three of my buddies every time he catches a pass. Like, I I wish we hadn't traded him. And that's exactly how I feel. And so I'm with you guys, but I don't know. It's, it's going to, it's, it's gonna just, I just, I
1: just don't want, I mean, and it's, it's a good chance that the same regime is not in place at the end of Jefferson's rookie contract, but I don't want Perhaps. that to happen for him as well because at the rate this is going, I mean, if you're going to continue to run the ball at Dalvin cook 25 times a game when he's healthy and you're going to try to, I mean, that's, that's the thing about the Vikings is when they're winning they're not doing it through the air. They do this defensive, kind of run first, manage the clock type of game. And I think that can make you a playoff team. And it's shown under Zimmer that, you know, the, they can win that way. And so Zimmer is going to continue to try to win that way. Well, for the sake of individual careers and advancing oneself, right? it's not good in terms of a, a legacy thing for a wide receiver. Okay. And Hold so, that point
0: right there. That legacy point right there. Yeah. How, I don't think anyone, I, don't, I haven't heard anyone ask this question and I think it's an important one uh, because I don't think anyone it's just a weird thing because what role does Adam Thielen play in all of this? Because they're buddy buddies. Uh, it's we know that so bud-
1: unique because he's a Minnesotan. So like, I, I think okay. it's it's almost a one off. Where I, in any other scenario, if he's if is from like I don't know Missouri or I don't know where somewhere else, right? If he's from somewhere else and doesn't have the ties to Minnesota, I I would imagine he'd feel the same way about all this. But he's and maybe he does feel the same way about it but he just doesn't need to be as passionate about it for his own sake because he's, he's from Minnesota. He's got the local tie. He's connected to the community here and he doesn't, I mean, he's not like Diggs, where Diggs is just, just here for work. He's here Dylan's here because of everything in his life, you know? So um, I would imagine Sealy feels the same way about it. And he's just, you know, for the sake of himself and his family, he wants to stay put.
0: What about the, just the internal dynamic between, you know, being able to be coined as wide receiver one. When Stephon right. Diggs was That's here, another, Yeah,
1: That's I know. That, I know they're best it.
0: friends. Like I know, or I know that they were very close friends and they were roommates and all and whatnot. And I'm sure they had a very healthy relationship and very competitive relationship. They still do. as well. But at the same time, when you're talking about legacy, do you think that Stephon Diggs wants to remember be remembered as like one A or one B to you know Minnesota passing the football and you know the style of play that they were playing, um, which has netted him about 96 targets last year. Or was he thinking, I want to be the guy and get a hundred and what sixty six? One hundred and
1: sixty. One hundred and sixty six targets. targets. Yeah. I
0: mean, if you're thinking, if you if you're thinking about you know your personal narrative, your legacy, he's done so many things already. You know, you think about the miracle, you think about the postseason success, you think about you know multiple one thousand yard seasons. Um, if you're thinking about your individual person, like is that a little selfish? I don't think so. I mean, like, could it be perceived I mean, that way? Is. Yeah. It is, I think, but it's it's, it's professionally selfish. Like you have to be like that to some degree for your family, for, you know, what's your life goals. Um,
1: Like if you, I I mean, it's, I I don't like comparing, you know, professional athletes that make multi-millions of dollars to like a standard everyday job, right? you know, a nine to five. Right. But like in that same way, if you and a team are working on some project and you're gaining, you know, a lot of momentum for your company on some, i don't know what it could be um but if you're gaining a lot and then all of a sudden a new opportunity a different company comes along more money better location better for your family and you're going to take it and if if you're leaving your other company you know in, in in a key spot where there's growth being made blah 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 and you're a vital piece of all that and you leave that's putting them in a terrible spot you know it just is but uh that's for your sake and your own you know success and um and uh, for what you what's better for you that's it's a no-brainer you take that that new opportunity and he's that's earned what digs that that's, that's right what Diggs Diggs a professional too. yeah
0: like as a, as a human being as a professional athlete you know we don't we don't none of us like the business side of it but ultimately these guys need to get paid and they need to mm-hmm. have the opportunity to get paid as much as possible do you think stefan Diggs is going to make more or less money now that he went to buffalo he's i think make we more all money. know the answer to, answer pretty confidently there now one thing i will say on the jefferson jefferson thing and kind of that fear factor that I think has been embedded in a lot of Vikings fans' minds, including, you know, both of ours, it sounds like, um, is the fact that it seems like the Vikings office has shifted a little bit more in that favor yeah. as so, a result of Diggs leaving because well, he did get 120 targets. That- well,
1: see, here's the question. I Here's the thing I'm curious about. Is, is Jefferson getting all those targets because Vikings shifted that way? Or is it because the Vikings were just in more shootouts and in more passing situations because... Their team sucked and their defense sucked. That's the thing I'm curious about because over the years, we've noticed that Zimmer likes to win with clock management, running the ball, blah, blah, blah. They didn't win a lot this year, other things had to happen. And so that's what like, I'm not fully convinced that a shift has been made now. A new offensive coordinator is going to come in. I don't know who it is yet. And maybe things are going to change, and this will all be just a completely moot point. But I will always be worried about that happening because I mean, if I'm Justin Jefferson, I see this. I have a phenomenal rookie season, right? Awesome. I'm in Minnesota. How much better can I get yet if I go somewhere else? Just right. seeing how much d- differently things were for Diggs when he went somewhere else. So, and look, I'm not trying to make this a discussion about how Diggs handled things or like how he vocalized his concerns because I think there's certainly different ways to do it. And we don't know all the details about what went inside, right. what happened, you know. Behind the scenes, that's not what this is about. It's just about philosophically in 2020, well, 2021 now. Passing is it's the way to run an offense. It doesn't matter who your personnel is. Passing the ball is more efficient. It should be your go-to method of moving the football. And if you have a receiver as talented as Diggs, who runs routes better than all but you know a handful of receivers in the NFL um you need to take advantage of that asset to the fullest extent you can buffalo is doing that they're in the afc championship game they're still playing and they've transformed josh allen from potential bust in the first round to uh you know an mvp candidate in one season by bringing this guy along and force feeding in the ball
0: absolutely absolutely and that feels like a good transition here into kind of our mini preview of the championship round uh like i said before divisional round not a whole lot of fun uh with Those exception games were to,
1: kind of underwhelming
0: they were and it, with the exception to cleveland and kansas city getting inter, you know interesting um maybe for reasons other than what's going on on the field yeah. um, well
1: it, it got interesting for a or bad i mean a, not a good reason because of the homes injury and right. i mean that sucks like that's not why you want a game to get interesting right. but that's ultimately what happened
0: right uh green i mean green bay did their thing um uh, they continue to roll Tampa Bay and New Orleans a little bit more fun, um, especially for Vikings fans out there that are still salty like myself about Drew Brees. Uh, It's, you know, always fun to see uh, them knocked out of the postseason. And if you haven't been paying attention to, you know, Antoine Winfield jr. And his career, I encourage you to check out his Instagram. Um, He as well felt like he was, you know, um, setting the record straight uh, for his father, who was, of course, that was, of the that was great. That
1: was great to see. How about, Oh, well, it well, wasn't just Antoine Winchfield. Tyler Johnson made uh, a big catch, too. The Gophers showing yep. up there, getting the revenge on uh for the Vikings uh, yep. from 9 So that was kind of cool.
0: So ultimately, we got, I think, the matchups that both of us wanted. Um You know, yep. I think we would love to have seen the Browns to continue to have this Cinderella advance, you know, situation where they get all the way to the Super Bowl but for in terms of competitive play in terms of gambling um, in terms of having fun the next couple weekends of the last couple weekends of football for this season I think we got the best possible matchups you get Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Um, we'll start on the NFC side since I think the you know the Bills Chiefs is probably the more uh, honestly they're both pretty good games but i lean bill's chiefs being a little more fun so we'll hold that one off let's let's start with about with tom and aaron here um it's a it's a fun matchup because we've already seen it once uh, so these teams are aware of each other i wouldn't say they know each other although it is rogers and breeze here or excuse me rogers and brady here so uh they probably do know every little detail about each other but uh, two really fun offenses two very you know kind of roller coastery defenses with some very good parts that are able to at least at the very least make things interesting um, and they go head to head this weekend. Um, what do you think about this matchup uh, who you got here? Um, how you feeling gambling anything else you want to add?
1: Yeah, so I saw that uh, Ben Gessling uh, he, I think he's a Star Tribune Vikings beat uh, reporter and he mentioned something kind of interesting and that was that you know the Vikings are the only team to beat Green Bay at Lambeau this year. And on the flip side of that, Vikings are one of the very few teams this year to run the ball well on Tampa Bay, Um, you know. And so I think he mentioned something like the Vikings film against both these teams this year will probably be used a lot uh, by, you know, the teams preparing to play each other in this game. So that's a fun thing to think about is, you know, the Vikings are kind of in a way showing each team how to beat each other um, in that perspective. But I, I think Green Bay for Green Bay, this is the one team I didn't want to face. I think they would feel com- very comfortable beating any other team in the NFC besides Tampa Bay. And I think Tampa Bay can s- – simply because I think Tampa Bay is the only team in the NFC that has the firepower to match up with what Rodgers can do right. in putting up 30 points every single week. So, And I think Tampa Bay's defense is arguably better than Green Bay's. So this will be a really fun one. And I think in legacy terms, Rodgers versus Brady is something we've all been wanting you know, right. in some sort of post. Like we all wanted a Super Bowl with that matchup. We didn't get that but this is going to be kind of the next best thing so rogers and brady it's it's kind of you know it's always been that goat debate and i know brady's clearly has the edge just because of the rings he has but um you know i think rogers probably deserves another one and he kind of hit gets to beat the greatest of all time to to get there
0: yeah in order to get there you know in order to get this ring there's a very real chance that rogers is gonna have to beat past and present right uh, tom brady and patrick yeah. Mahomes in successive weeks uh so this is an interesting game for a number of different reasons. My favorite narrative that's going on right now is Carlton Davis, the cornerback um, that covered Michael Thomas last week slant and boy. held him to <laughs> zero catches. Yeah. Call him, might call him slant boy on his Instagram feed. Um, so he has made a statement for himself and this reminds me of richard sherman way back when when you know yeah, he hit that michael tree press and then got on the sideline and you know raised hell and all of a sudden he becomes you know mega or he becomes optimus prime facing calvin johnson he made that joke and he built his brand literally off of one or two games um, and, and being a loud mouth um i i love him but a loud mouth nonetheless um Carlton Davis has this kind of similar opportunity here. He gets to face Devontae Adams now. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, you love, I love it because it's the NFL. Is you're never it's never enough, right? You can't just just locking up Michael Thomas to zero catches, zero yards isn't enough. Now people are saying, okay, do it against Adams now. Well, okay, we're, you're gonna get the you're gonna get that opportunity this week. So that'll be fun to see. Um, Adams, of course, just made um, Jalen Rabs, Ramsey look silly on a couple of occasions. Although I think offensive scheming probably made yeah. Ramsey look. Uh, you know, give up that the touchdown that was kind of going to be the headliner, I suppose. Uh, but this that'll be a fun matchup. Um, I don't think anyone thinks of Carlton Davis as a top 10 cornerback, but if you go back to back to get to the Super Bowl by shutting down Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams, all of a sudden you put yourself in the conversation mm-hmm. very quickly. So um, that's a fun one for sure. Um, and something to keep an eye on here in terms of tipping the scales. Jair Alexander on the other side is the same type of player. Um, he's been a lot shot, shut down corner and a gambler as well. Um, and we've seen Tom Brady having, you know, that, um, he almost threw a couple picks last week and he's thrown, he's had a couple of poor games in which it was decision-making, not tip passes, um, that hurt him. Um, Packers defense can do that too. So this Mm -hmm. should be a thriller. Um, this is, this should be, you know, a total points scored of around 70. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but, um, it has the potential, and this could be a lot of fun, but ultimately I think this is the Packers game to lose.
1: Um, right. You, I agree.
0: You've got you've got Aaron Rodgers playing at probably the best football of his career. Tom Brady not playing the best football of his career. Still very good football, definitely not the best of the best. Uh, the fact that he has those three receivers to throw to, although it might be two given the results of Brown's um, MRI screening, he's got more weapons, um, but when you've got Devontae Adams on your side, I don't know how – you we'll, what we're gonna find yeah. out how the Packers much are just, one great receiver too three very good ones are.
1: The Packers are just too efficient on offense right now. They're just yeah. getting what they want, and I don't see the as for as good as the Bucks defense is. I just don't see them getting in the way. Uh, and I'm, for what it's worth, I know the early result this season. Right, Tampa Bay crushed them. I get right. that. It just doesn't face me now. Things are so. It's much also hard to beat a team twice. Uh, right, that and there's so much of a. I think. You know, I don't believe in momentum necessarily, but I believe in when a team kind of has things clicking and they're they've figured things out. And I think the the Packers, you know, I don't see a way like that doesn't seem like they're, they're just running through the motions and they're piling up the points every single week. And plus, I do believe a little bit in this cold weather factor where the team from Tampa Bay now has to come up to you know 20 degrees, frozen tundra, and Lambo deal with that after not I don't I don't know how many cold weather games they played this year, but it can't be that many. So. Um, I'm gonna, yeah, I think Packers win this one, and I would honestly pick them to cover. I would imagine the spreads and be a four or four and a half, something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think we're gonna see the Packers in the Super Bowl, uh, but ultimately, I think as you know, as Vikings fans, you know, you get the best possible matchup potentially, you know. Really, with either AFC quarterback getting there, of course, Mahomes being kind of the 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 staple, being a little bit more, you know, secure in his position of to top, the, you know, top the quarterback world. Um, but either way, you're going to get a good matchup if Aaron Rodgers is in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we all hope he loses, but, you know, by the, the way, the Carlton
1: Davis thing you're you talking about. So if he can, mm-hmm. like if they actually win this game against Packers, it'd be Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and then. Either Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs in the Super Bowl, which would be right. a, just an impeccable run of if he's able to. I mean, hypothetically, if he was able to shut all three of those game, you know, shut the receiver down in all three of those games, that'd be one heck of a run.
0: That'd be absolutely wild, especially given you know the sta- you know the stage, right? You know, it's this is when our eyes are on you. Um, that's something fun to watch. Other than, of course, the quarterback battles, which of, of course will be the headline and the focus mm-hmm. of just about every media coverage you'll find. Uh, on the AFC side now. I think this is the more fun matchup. I know we're NFC guys, but um, to me, the NFC is not nearly on the AFC's level this year. Um, I think the top two teams, probably in the AFC, Bills and Chiefs, are better than the top what, yeah, fifteen teams in the NFC. Um, My point being is that I think this is the better matchup. I think this will be the more fun matchup, Um, and you get Josh Allen, you know, peak Josh Allen, uh, as good as he's ever been, heading into this matchup, and potentially you know Mahomes coming with you know maybe a little bit of baggage here coming off this concussion i fully assume he's gonna play yeah um, but it does concern me a little bit where once he you know you don't know how a concussion is really gonna affect you um it's a very serious he also has the,
1: ter- the toe thing too that seemed to be bothering him before right? he was out with the concussion so. so this
0: one really might be a lot closer than it, it could have potentially been had you given you know a full bill of health um Nevertheless, nevertheless, you're getting Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. You're probably going to get a lot of points. How do you see this one playing out?
1: Yeah, so, I, think, I mean, there's always the wild card of Mahomes' health. And, uh, I mean, being completely honest, I already kind of went in on the Bills money line just because of the, the wild card with, uh, uh, right. you know, Mahomes and the health there. But it's fully healthy, which is what I'm hoping for, right? I mean, you got to hope for Mahomes versus Allen. That's kind of what you want. I'll be rooting for the Bills just because of what they, as a fan base, have gone through over the past Right long time yeah. uh whether it's you know four straight super bowl losses or whether it's the playoff drought that ensued um so they kind of deserve this and it sort of does give that element of hope for the vikings fans where it's like well it, there is uh a silver lining there is the light at the end of the tunnel you just got to get there type deal uh but you know i've been proven wrong completely by josh allen this year i mean that guy has have. proven me dead wrong uh you could find a slew of tweets from me back when Diggs was traded and say you know they now you know Diggs now gets to go to one of the worst or least accurate passers in the league blah 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 and he's suddenly one of the most accurate in the league so uh I, i'm gonna i'm gonna give the edge to the chiefs of course but um i i think the bills are right there and they're playing the best football defensively they're picking things up a little bit as we saw last week um the bills are right there uh they have very much exceeded my expectations.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I think they've exceeded even their own expectations to some degree. They're really thinking Super Bowl here. Um, And I think if they get there, they have a very reasonable chance to win it as well. Um, I find it a little bit ironic because I think the, the you know, the, the teams I'm going to pick to win this week, the Packers and the Chiefs are the two teams that I'd prefer to lose, honestly. So maybe the best matchup in the Super Bowl, the most fun matchup is the opposite of what I'd like to see just in terms yeah. of, you know, my personal. I, mean, I, per-
1: I don't see a not fun matchup in the Super Bowl right now. I don't this either. Because That's why I wanted this, these specific conference matchups. Yeah. Uh, is because I don't see a way where the Super Bowl is not fun right now, which is all I really wanted once the Vikings were officially eliminated from the playoffs.
0: Absolutely. Um, I don't think the Bills are going to get it done. I'm going to pick the Chiefs as well. Uh, that being said, I would love to see a Bills-Bucks Super Bowl. I think that would be a ton mm-hmm. of fun. Um, you know, Either way here, you're going to get kind of old, crafty veteran against young gun. And uh, you can't go wrong. You're right. Uh, but you're. I think the, the, the narrative that's going to – Carry the furthest across, you know, NFL fandoms here. You know, we all jump on some bandwagon during the postseason once our team is eliminated. Uh, I think that the Bills, you know, of course, four straight Super Bowls, losing all of them, haven't touched the postseason since 19, haven't sniffed the postseason since 1994 when they were, when they missed that opportunity to win a Super Bowl there. Um, That for me is enough. And then you throw in the fact that I want to see Stefan Diggs do well. um, That too. Being a former Viking, of course, uh, that gives, you know, lends more credence to that. So um, I'm going Chiefs Packers here. I think that's what's going to be the Super Bowl. Uh, That being said, I expect a very competitive matchup in the AFC. And I would love to see the Bills do, you know, if the Bills can get there, that's just going to be a whole lot of fun. I would, that Mm -hmm. Media Week with Trey Davis White, too, big personality. Uh, You know, I don't know how Media Week's going to look this year, given, you know, (laughs) the, <laughs> I didn't really think about it when that came out of my mouth to be honest with you, but um, <laughs> it'll be fun for sure. So uh, th- we've got a lot of more, we got a lot more fun coming this weekend for um, the champ, the conference round. And I'd expect that, uh, excuse me, the championship round and I expect the Super Bowl will be you know equal to that. So uh, that being said uh, anything left here that we did not cover that you'd like to make a note of um, before we let these good people go.
1: Yeah. Uh, Andy Reid, going for it on fourth down Love it. Yeah. at the end there with Chad Henne as your quarterback. That is the aggressiveness that I want my head coach to have and the trust in the passing game to to go for it uh, on fourth down in a key situation. Um, passing wins games. Andy Reid's figured that out, and it's pinning off for him now. And so the aggressiveness of the Chiefs in general, whether it's trading up for Mahomes when they had a great year from Alex Smith, and putting making the homes a starter, whether it's a fourth down right there in a key game where they give it back to the Browns and they might lose the game. Things like that. Uh being aggressive is is what pays off. And the Vikings are really not that yet. So that's what I'm hoping for in the future as that changes.
0: It's one of those situations, right, where once you're good, it just things start to kind of snowball positively. Because like once you're good, you can be more aggressive, right? Yeah.
1: Well, and you uh, kind of get this like you more security. You, know, you, you feel invincible in a way too, where like oh for sure you, know, you get that confidence, and I think Reid's got a little bit of that now, where he he some of his the stuff he calls if you watch those Chiefs games like it's kind of nutty and it's like a heat check type thing where you got Travis <laughs> Kelsey throwing passes to Patrick Mahomes and you're like come on, but um, you know you can be that aggressive if it works. And I mean they're 14 and two hosting a, a conference championship this week, and they're also the defending champions in the league.
0: Yeah, Andy Reid uh, definitely making his case for being one of the GOAT head coaches just, what, two years after being kind of the GOAT in the other sense? Yeah, uh, yeah. scapegoat. Um, if he wins back-to-back Super Bowls here, all of a sudden his legacy goes from zero Super Bowls, a couple losses, to being maybe the greatest of all time next to Bill Belichick. Uh, another narrative to watch, and, you know, as this – postseason continues to develop. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, We appreciate you guys as always for listening to us. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcast. Make sure to check out uh, Climbing the Pocket and what the rest of the guys are doing out on the network. You can find that on Daily Norseman and you can also find us on YouTube as well if you prefer to watch this podcast instead of listening to it. So um, as always, we appreciate you guys and uh, we will catch you next week.